Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What you drinking, Daniel? Uh, what's this? Your wife made it today. I think it's Ethiopian. Tastes like Ethiopian. Seriously? You can taste an Ethiopian coffee? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Everybody out there who drinks coffee knows I, what I'm talking okay. about. We're gonna, you know what we're going to do on YouTube sometime? We're going to test you. This is what we're going to do. Claire. This is what we're going to do. You got to make She's the pour video. over, not the no, no, no. coffee don't, machine Don't stuff. deviate. We're going to put you to the test. We're going to have a blind taste test. This is a pour over. I just want you to go on record that you can taste an Ethiopian blend. We're going to test not you a blend. That. Single origin. Whatever. An Ethiopian Very coffee. All right. Versus what? Logan. Indonesian. Folgers. I'm going to line them up, and I'm going to see. Let's get that. Can we do that, please? We're going to line up coffees. It's going to be YouTube only, and it's going to be the Daniel test. This will be awesome. I'll find out I'm wasting tons of money on premium coffee. Let's do this. <laughs> I just think it would be fun. You, you would play along, right? Of yeah. course, you have to. So, I mean, we'd line up coffees, and then the audience, we would tell what, what we had there. And I want to throw in some doozies. We'll Boy, throw in some of your nonsense. I you hope know? Folgers has gotten better than I remember it. Folgers. you got to know what Folgers is. Fol- I could Does pick out Does it still taste like a coffee can? It tastes like nuts. Like, a lot of nuts. Like, I think that used to be their thing, right? Chock full of nuts or something? Or was that something that else? Chock full of nuts. <laughs> oh, that's a different brand? Folgers Coffee. Mountain grown for richer flavor. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. There you go. Pretty sure. I don't know. Let's just move along. Boy, this got... Oh, I think that's great. We're going to do that. Stay tuned for that one. And we need not just talk about it. We need to do it. How are you going to make the good stuff, though? You can't just throw the good stuff you're in the You're going to make it. You're going to make it, and you're going to bring in your two or three. Then, then Logan and I are going to make our two or three, and we're going to switch them around, and I want to see if you can tell which is which. Come on. <laughs> I hope I can. Ring the bell, you fancy. Yeah, that'll be awesome. But even if you can, it'll be fun. It'll be good. Can we get to a question, please? We got Kim Whenever in you're ready. Tennessee. Uh-oh. <laughs> I just unplugged something. Logan, technical help. No, do we still have... Oh, we're just missing a light. That's fine. That's fine. You're good. Come on in. Yeah, you're come good. on in. Come on can in. You, it's can only you plug YouTube. that into there? Sorry, only people YouTube. on the podcast. Just keep it rolling. We're keep losing lights. We're mixing coffee. Things are going... Yeah, I don't know what happened here. All right, wow. let's get to Kim while, while we do all this stuff. I don't know. There it is. Okay, all right. Kim, what do you got? DIY! Hi, Quinn Daniel. This is Kim from Tennessee. We love the DIY podcast down in the Volunteer State. Keep up the good work. There's a lot of discussion going on right now about investing in Bitcoin. I've never heard your thoughts about it. Would you share with us, please? Threw you off there for a moment, didn't you? Didn't you think Kim was going to be a uh, female? I don't know. Are you nervous to even talk about that? It makes I you nervous. Know. I can see it on your face. Kim's not nervous. No. You, Kim, he's got an awesome accent, though. Well, he's yeah, he's a Tennessee volunteer, which, come on, I'm a wildcat. I still like you, Kim, because you gave us a great shout-out on the on the podcast. But That's like we a got legit a, Tennessee accent. Oh, yeah. You go to, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Nashville or something and talk no, to, no, like, no, no. city folk in Tennessee. No, my, like, my wife has a lot of family from, uh, from the Franklin, Tennessee area. Franklin. And uh, they they've been into Tennessee, Eastern Tennessee, for a long time. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they that they, they, they got that accent going on. Just great. It's great how like subtly, significantly different it is from Kentucky. 
like the nuances of the That's not what action. I was talking about. I was talking about we got a question from Kim. Yes. The assumption is that would be a female. Sure. It was not. That's it. Okay. All right. And I was just saying, I think it's a cool accent. Can we talk about Bitcoin? First of all, Kim's probably piast that we didn't answer this question back in January, where we would have clearly told you to go all in. I would have been like, bye, bye, bye. I would have yeah, hit a I button wouldn't. like Kramer. I would have been, bye, bye, bye. Okay. Where, where was it on the day he sent his message? I don't know. Probably 10,000, 15,000. I mean, now it's at 58, 59,000. Okay. Um, I'm going to be very candid with a couple of things. <clears throat> I understand Bitcoin very little. Now, I think I have a, a decent understanding of, of the application of Bitcoin. 38,000. And I have an understanding of why it is going up, but I am slight. Here's my number one confusion. And I have typed this, so many people yeah. don't know. You know, Jewel CIO is our Twitter, my Twitter handle. And I, I write on Twitter a lot about, you know, investments and trading. It's not a DIY type thing, but I've got a lot of followers. I mean, not. A tremendous amount, like most people, or like some people, but I, I have always, I've typed this out a few times, and then I'm like, ah, eh, I don't want to, I don't want to strike, I don't want to start the, mm. the fire. But here's what, here's what I don't get. If everyone is excited about a decentralized currency that is not connected to any sort of fiat money, so paper money. It's not connected to any government. Why then do we get excited when it goes up in dollar terms? Because it's the only frame of reference people have. Because it's an investment. So, so, so let me, it's a collectible. You get what I'm saying? Like the same argument that people make about how amazing it is. And, and let me tell you, I'm going to interject with some, some thoughts on it because I do think it's pretty amazing. But what I don't get is that is it's this idea of and again I'm talking about long term believers. I mean people are like, no, this is the way of the future. And they might I mean, they might definitely be right. But it's they get excited about it in relation to price in dollar terms, which means in their mind it's still this connection of I'm going to sell it convert it to dollars, and buy goods and services, which in my understanding is the direct opposite of what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a decentralized currency that can ultimately be used to pay for its own goods and services, which we're not really there yet. So you still have to convert to dollars. Yeah. So I guess the problem would be is if you uh, if you went into your Starbucks and they had um, dollars for a latte and Bitcoin for a latte, you'd say that there's inflation is getting crazy in right. Bitcoin terms. Well, but ideally, and I get it, you could you could convert it to a, a dollar, you know, literally. I mean, you could do it on your Coinbase account very quickly and convert mm -hmm. it to a dollar and buy your Starbucks. Like in the Caribbean, where you can spend dollars or euros sometimes. Yeah. So so and if it's going up faster in relation to the dollars, then you, you have benefited. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... <laughs> But again, I just here's what I like though, this example. Mm -hmm. The example that I like about this is we are in an environment, not only in the United States, but globally, where every central bank is injecting money into 
the economy. Sure. We're getting this through stimulus, triple P loans, et cetera. We have been getting this for, for years where the Fed and the Treasury have been buying assets off the bank balance sheets, et cetera. I'm going to just avoid that <laughs> whole rabbit hole. Canada, they're putting out $2,000 a month, have been for a very long time, uh, just direct payments to citizens. Um, in other parts of the, the world, they're literally, uh, you know, shoring up uh, balance sheets. They have, you know, social uh, um, uh, income uh, platforms that they're giving money to people, etc. So the money is being is being printed, and ultimately the value of that is is declining. Now, against what currency? I know there's a lot of smart people that listen to this podcast, and there's a lot of people who have no idea what I'm talking about. But the reality is is that you don't have to be a rocket scientist or a, an economist to realize that when the government is printing, printing, printing money then the value of that could go down. It'd be like Rupp Arena, where the University of Kentucky Wildcats play. They have a set number of seats, and so prices of tickets go based on the demand for those tickets, but there's only a certain number of seats, or the supply is fixed. Sure. If all of a sudden tomorrow they were like, oh, we now have 43,000 seats. We now have 53,000 feet. Now, that, 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 that's impossible because the building only has a certain number of seats. But the money system is not that way. We continue to print and print and print. And the money in the system, the system being banks or deposit accounts, checking accounts, savings accounts, is going up considerably. So they've been creating more seats in theory. Bitcoin is not that way. There's only a set number of Bitcoin out there available. And so that is a fixed amount unlike a currency that can be continuously printed and there can be more and more and more of it. So there's an appeal to that, okay? There there's an appeal to that. There is also an appeal if you are in a country where you are trying to leave with your wealth. I I explain this to uh clients all the time who are totally on non no clue about Bitcoin. And I say, "What's well, real simple? Think about uh Nazi occupied anywhere in, in Eastern Europe during World War II. Mm -hmm. If you were a middle income or even a wealthy individual trying to leave, a Jew trying to leave, you left with your wealth either through carrying it, wearing it, or hiding it. And, if, and, and you didn't, you didn't, didn't go to your... Didn't want to go through burying it. You didn't go to your bank. It there. Yeah. You didn't go to your bank and say, hey, uh, we're probably going to end up in, you know, in Jersey. Do you mind going... Transfer. No, there was no. There, that was not a system. Mm -hmm. So wealth was lost. It was very difficult to move, etc. Nowadays, if you are in a country that is either significantly, you know, let's say going through a geopolitical event or significant inflation, you're in Venezuela or something like that, you could literally load your money, your resources to your phone, leave, and then convert that money anywhere you want. So it's a very, very a uh, uh, smooth uh, transition way to 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 leave with capital. Um, that's about all I got. I, I don't have anything else. There's a million, not a million. I'm being facetious. There's a lot of potential pitfalls. One of the potential pitfalls that I think is is that you have all this significant demand. People who are buying, 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 and a set supply. So there there is no set supply. But it's almost as if there will come a day when it's like, well, we're going to stop buying this. And when, when that demand stops, the, the music stops and, and 
people will be looking for chairs to sit down. And so, I mean, we've seen that before. We've seen mm-hmm. that with, with commodity runs where, you know, there's a fixed number of commodities and meaning like a hard asset, you know, silver, gold, et cetera. And the price rises precipitously. You're like, this is impossible. This doesn't make sense. And then it stops. And when there's no buying, it just, it just free falls. I also feel that we're getting to a point where, and this might be done maybe through taxes, it might be done through some manner of government regulation. I'm shocked it hasn't happened yet. Um, people say it's impossible, like it won't happen because it's decentralized. I'm not so sure of that. I think that we could see some kind of regulation. We have countries banning it. I don't think that will necessarily happen in the United States. But I think that we could see some sort of regulation whereby it becomes much less attractive uh, for a speculator to buy it and own it. Now, mm-hmm. that's not what Kim asked about, right? He asked about what about I think about it as an investment. I've owned it, okay? I sold it. I sold it at 40 around that time period. Um only because I had like tripled my money, and I was like, "This is dumb," and and it was I tripled my U.S. dollar money, right? Mm-hmm. I'm air quoting here on YouTube. So I was like, "I made money. This is great." And so I sold it. I converted it back to dollars, and I put it back in investments, like companies that I sure. know. So I investment, not speculative assets. Yeah, I, I, we have a, a I have a very dear friend. He is investing significant amount of capital. Has been for a very long time. Listens to the podcast. Shout out, medic. What up? And, you know, he's never going to – his comment is, I'm never going to sell this. And that might be a be- the best strategy is just saying, I'm never going to sell this. It's an asset class for him. And I'm guessing to, in his mind, eventually transact and, and eventually – and I think he's putting some on deposit, getting very nice interest. I, I quite candidly don't understand all that. Um, but I'm – it's – I'll be honest, Kim – um, maybe the worst financial advice you get. I don't know. We'll know in three or four years. I, I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. I don't know. Yeah. So I would say uh, it's as an investment. It's not an investment. Um, Why not? Because it doesn't pay dividends, interest, etc. So by the just basic definition of investment, something that you can uh, expect future returns. Uh, so buying a company that has income, which then pays dividends. There's a very expected return with that. What about your primary house? Is that an investment? Your primary house. No, your primary house is a liability. There you go. You put money into it. See, that's where many people, I think, they get that wrong. That's why I asked you. It was a good good, good answer. It's not primary investment. So a rental real estate would be uh, because you can run a calculation on that. And obviously, there's going to be speed bumps in any investments, but there's figuratively speaking uh, calculations you could do on an investment. Uh, and there's cash flow coming in, and there's expenses that are covered, and then there's uh, net income or dividends. Speculative assets are different. Uh, that would be gold, wine, art, baseball cards, NFTs, bitcoins, all of those I don't, things. Okay, the NFT world? We don't even have time. Oh, my goodness! So oh. speculative assets are something that you buy. They don't. Uh, they have a type of intrinsic value, but they... In the investment speak, they don't have an intrinsic value. They don't have assets that can produce money, which then can pay you back the way that, say, a rental property can um, or a company. When you buy a company, you're buying, generally speaking, uh, collective assets that could be information or could be actually, in the case of, say, like Caterpillar, you're buying like industrial goods and machines that make stuff and then produce income. That's what an investment is. Speculative asset is going, I'm buying this today. 
uh, there will be demand for it in the future, and that demand will be for a higher price than it is today. That's a speculative asset. And so gold is often talked about as investment, but is technically also an ex- a speculative asset. Well, um, why wouldn't you call those a store of value? You could call them a store of value. If you hold them, store it. Uh, store of value is, I would say, uh, it assumes, saying that would assume that it will store value, and we don't know. Speculative asset is saying that it is an asset. It's a thing that you own. So that's what an asset is. Speculative would mean you're speculating that in the future, somebody will buy it for more than you bought it. That's what a speculative asset is. Store of value. I don't, does anything actually store value anymore? Uh, You know, if you put money into a bank, it's storing the value of your cash. So that value of your cash is going to go down over time because of inflation. Here's the, um, so where do you fall on this? Not an investment. It's not an investment. I own Bitcoin and Ethereum uh, as part of a broadly diversified portfolio and a very small percentage. My target for owning those is roughly the comparative target that they are versus the market cap of uh, stocks uh, as represented in my portfolio. So let's say... So this is new. You're a new buyer. You you haven't owned these last time we talked about it, did you? I mined them. Oh, that's right. I mined them, and I that's tried to right. build them up that's to right. a certain level. So my goal is to basically basically get uh, crypto assets. Uh, I won't call it currencies. That's a whole other discussion. Crypto assets to be at a place that represents their notional value, their relative value All right, in the stop. financial you guys ecosystem. Speak English. Speak English, please. Okay. So let's say we'll keep it really simple. Let's say stocks, the market cap of stocks. We'll say total stock market is a hundred. whatever. And let's say that you look at the market cap right now of crypto assets, and it's a dollar. I want to own roughly $1 of crypto assets. Again, we're comparing in dollars because that's the easiest thing to do. $1 of crypto assets for every $100 I own of stocks. Got it. That's not a recommendation. That's not what you should do. Why would I do that? Well, let's say as a speculative asset, crypto assets are the next big thing over the next 10 years. Well, by owning it in proportion to where they currently are relative to the market cap of stocks over time, if they continue to grow, 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 relatively speaking, I will participate. It's basically setting up my balance sheet as basically an index fund for assets. You could kind of do the same thing with gold and so forth. People don't generally do that. With crypto assets, you have the absolute positive risk that you wake up in a month and it's at zero. So, yeah, you got to be careful. So I'm going to tell, this is my two cents on this whole movement too from experience. Um, this reminds me of the early days of the internet. And, like the, and, and there were so many people who laughed at the internet. And so it would be, in my opinion, very, very foolish to just laugh this off. Mm-hmm. And say that this is, you know, but that being said, I also, I don't put significant capital behind things that I genuinely don't understand. And it Too took fair. me a long time, you know, to invest in and understand the internet and the players and the so forth. So I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity. I, I, I think this is the time for education. This is the time for, you know, observing. And if you think about, the iteration of the internet, we went through a speculative tech bubble through the 90s. The 90s, you know, came and, and went, 2000, bubble burst, 
majority of the companies in the space went went out of business. A few survived. Ultimately, those that survived became some of the greatest investments in the last you know hundred years. So what what do I think about that? I think that you know maybe there's only one Bitcoin, but Ethereum, Ethereum's kind of the platform as I understand, where all of these other companies that are developing things within the blockchain are are you know utilizing Ethereum mm. to run their whatever something <laughs> company I don't know, and so there's going to be more opportunity. And so I'm not saying hey you know block uh, Bitcoin's been an amazing appreciating currency. I don't know, appreciating asset. asset. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know where it goes from here. I've heard everything from a million to, you know, whatever, 250000 So I don't know. That's who knows. But I'm not putting significant capital behind it at this mm-hmm. stage in my life. I'm just not. It's fair. Right or wrong. When I invest in a stock, I invest fully aware that it could go to zero or it could go a lot higher. Uh, so when I put money into Bitcoin or Ethereum or mine it to get some, et cetera, uh, I'm fully aware that the net return on that could be zero or it could be very high. And the relative place in my portfolio represents that. Yep. The understanding that I could lose all of that. I do like, and this is where we're going to leave it. I know we've extended this fine. one this out. very long show. Sorry, yeah. everybody. Well, here's what I do like, and I don't think a lot of people understand this, because they're getting a bad rap. And this is where I think there's going to be really, really solid opportunity. There are tokens or coins um, that are operating like stocks. And... There are legitimate businesses behind these coins. And like an IPO, they have initial coin offerings where you buy the coin, and the coin should represent the intrinsic value of the business. Right now, there's a lot of garbage with probably a lot of wonderful things out there. Mm -hmm. I think that's fascinating to me. I understand that. There's businesses that have issued coins that you can buy, that you can then participate in the intrinsic value of the business. It is a new market. They are going, you know, public, if you will, or allowing investors to participate in them, most of the time on the Ethereum network, I guess, if you call it that. So it's this entire new financial system that is being developed. That's fascinating. I'm very, very fascinated by that. So I think that's where uh, interesting opportunities, the most interesting opportunities, um, in my opinion, are, are right now. So there you Great. go, Kim. Great question. Thanks so much. He sent us a podcast question, uh, audio file through podcast at DIYmoney.org. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.